Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, it's raining today. And, and the only reason I bring that up is, is, well, first of all, I drive an old car. I have a 1996 Toyota Tercel. And people are like, well, why don't you get rid of it? And I say, because it has 102,000 miles on it. My insurance is $50 a month. And, and when I go on Burbank, I walk everywhere. I mean, I'm not going to drink and drive because years ago, I got a DUI. And if you've never gotten one, don't take a chance. It's awful. You're in you're in the cell. And the, I was in Burbank, and I was in the cell with hooligans. And it's it's they, and they have no sense of humor because I'm sitting there, and they I don't know if you've ever been in jail. This is my first time I've ever been in jail, people. So I don't know. This was ten years ago, but I they bring you like these this these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but the. The jelly is green, so I go. I go as a joke. I go, oh, hey, hey, when do we get lamb? And no one got it. No one got it. I said, the hell with it. So my whole thing is, oh, it's raining, and I just noticed I have a 1996 car, and because I lived in San Diego before LA, because it never rains in these areas, I still have the same windshield wipers at, since '96, and I just noticed that they're not doing that well. So I have to get them out. Anyway, we have a great show today, and we're, our, our guest today actually just uh, fixed his roof, which is good because it's raining today. Wow. We have uh, John John Wing. How you doing, John? <laughs> Fine, thanks. Now didn't, I didn't fix it. Went up this weekend and cleaned all the leaves off, so because okay. it's a flat roof. Are you good at that? St- are you good at housework? And are you like technically sound? Are you good at any of that stuff? Because I, I stick well, at it. I'm not bad at it, provided I'm given an assignment with very specific goals. Okay. I can't fix anything, but I went up on two on the garage roof and the house roof, and I cleaned all the leaves off, and then I screwed up uh, the wire she had holding the bougainvillea up, so I had to go back up again and fix the wire, but I was able to fix it. So, yeah, and I scratched myself and won the... It's it's funny when you do stuff like that. Like, my girlfriend has, like, this list because she's moving in, and, like, I, I had some... St- the central air leaked and I had to spray the top of the ceiling where I had to get the landlord to do it but it's just funny I'm looking at this list and I'm going holy god I have a bunch of crap to do but you know I'm going to wait till last week because that's, that's I, I'm a oh. procrastinator oh well uh, I've discovered my, my brother-in-law taught me this he said an hour before uh, his wife comes home he, he, he a little alarm goes off in his house and he checks around to make sure makes sure for in that hour he makes sure everything is proper for her to come home <laughs> and i've noticed that works brilliantly uh dishes uh cleaning up uh, making the bed etc 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 so uh i'm good at household chores i'm not good at fixing anything okay see my girlfriend would let me make make her bed like when i stay at her place it has to be just perfect and so i tried to make it once and she laughed so that's one good thing i don't have to make the bed so yeah that's good. Well, we have a rule in our house last one out of bed makes the bed okay that's and fair my wife gets up at five o'clock in the morning <laughs> which is so unfair because <laughs> that's sometimes that's when i'm going to bed <laughs> so i i have to make the bed okay so now you're from originally from uh ontario yes okay now ontario canada Right, not Ontario. Are, are you a hockey fan? I am. Who's your team? <sighs> the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, I'm a Flyers fan. Actually, I'm wearing, oh. I, I'm wearing a shirt today. I the know. Broad Street Bullies. Yeah, I, I liked them when they're Broad Street Bullies. Now they just fired their coach, and you know, and it's oh, just that's right. They did, yeah. yeah. And they're. Uh, I heard they were bringing in Craig Berube. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. was who played for us for many yeah, years yeah. and was sort of a thug. I was a big fan of uh, the Fred Shiro era. Uh, Rick McLeish. Oh, I love Rick McLeish. Reggie Leach. Loved both those. The guys. LCB line. Yeah, great. I, 
I love them. And I remember I saw Rick McLeish on a golf course once. My dad was golfing, and I went along with him. And the guy glided. Like I guess he was so used to skating. As he walked, he just <laughs> glided. It was amazing. So, uh, so you're from you're from Ontario, Canada. And now, as a kid, I'm sure. You, were you watching a lot of comedy? I mean, what what oh, made yeah. you go into this? What made you go into this path? Well, you've taken? Uh, you know, you grow up in a small town in, in Canada, and, and the idea of being a comedian is, is a ridiculous idea. So you don't even entertain it. But uh, we watched a, a, oh man, did we watched a lot of comedy. My dad was a huge fan of various comedians, various comedy teams. We watched a lot of funny movies. We read a lot of comedy. In like my house. Ring Lardner, uh, Guy Gilpatrick. S.J. Perelman, uh, Catch-22, Joseph Heller. My father loved comic writers, Robert Benchley. So I read a lot of those when I was a kid. And uh, then I, I, I went to university in, an, in a slightly larger, four times the size of my town, I guess, in Windsor, Ontario, for two years. And, uh, again, was thinking about getting a, a master's in creative writing and other silly things. What was your minor? What, what did you major in when you majored went Major in English. Okay. And I was, I was going to, if I got my English degree, I was going to stay on and try and get a master's in creative writing. And then the second, end of my second year, I'm working an awful job in my hometown cleaning boats. God, if, there, if That's hard labor, isn't if there's it? A ba- if there's a worse job, I don't know what it is. I was cleaning boats. And, um... A friend of mine uh, dropped by, lived in Toronto, and a guy I knew from Windsor, who was from the States, actually, who wrote Nurse Betty. Okay. <laughs> and he wrote um, Sahara, too. Wait, no, wait, I, there was a movie, Sahara. Both of them. He wrote both those. Who movies. was in Nurse Betty? Uh, Renee Selweger, Morgan Freeman, Chris Rock. Okay. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, what's his name? Can't think Aaron of Eckhart. Yeah, Aaron okay. Eckhart. So he was playing guitar in a club in near my home near my hometown and i went to see him and he said we're getting a band together in toronto and you should come and be our drummer and blah 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 and uh my dad said yeah okay if it doesn't work out i'll pay the i'll pay the full freight for your your school next year because he he was worried that i wasn't you know i wasn't doing i didn't have anywhere to go i didn't have any idea about what i was going to do so i went to toronto and i moved in in this house they were renting there were four or five of us and i the first night i had everyone was doing something i was on my own and i went down to uh, i heard about this comedy club and i went down saw a show was that yuck yucks it was with uh, donnie coy no, 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 Donnie wasn't around then. I, I predate Donnie. I, I work with Donnie at this, uh, God, years ago. There was a comedy club in New Jersey called Mitchell's. Uh-huh. And um, Donnie Coy headlined that week. And it was just, it was like this, just this show. It was like a blue collar crowd. Like the owner would sit there and I'd be having a good set. And then I'd try something. And he was like, ah, what are you doing that uh, intellectual crap? I go, because that's my act. That's why you hire me. He goes, ah. And then he'll sit there with an MC. Well, what are you talking to the crowd for? Well, you go up and talk to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, like I'm the owner. And everything you did was wrong. And then Donnie comes on and just talks to the crowd. And I'm like, oh, what? here's a headliner. Shut, shut up. Yeah, he's good. Donnie's it's- good. <laughs> I could tell you a Donnie story. Oh, my God. I could tell you a couple of Donnie stories. We actually talked about him the other night. Uh, I do a call into uh, every Thursday to Big Daddy Graham, who's a comic out of Philly. He has He's a sports radio show now. And I always do a call in where I, it's, I report from Hollywood. Mm. And I always 
make up a celebrity sighting I saw, but they're always not popular. Right, like I saw right. Steve Gutenberg or oh, okay. something like that. But we had Donny Coy came up because Donny Coy must have. I've had Gutenberg. I've had uh, Judge Reinhold. I saw Alan Gurwitz the other night. But who would that sounds? Who is that? Sounds he was also Alan Garfield. God, yes. But what occasionally, is, what? there was a period of five years in his career where he went by his actual name, which was Alan Gurwitz. Oh, he was in uh, the Brinks job. He was in the Stunt Man. Okay, he's been in a million things. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that would be that would. Uh, you're Alan Gould. Yeah, so that's like I just found out. Uh, I was watching Mike and Mike the Sports Show today, yeah. and I guess they wrote down by accident instead of Gorlick, they wrote Gorlick. Gorlock, and that's actually Kenny G's last name. It's Kenneth Gorlock, and he, I mean that wouldn't sell albums as a you know a sax player. All right, here's our Kenneth Gorlock. Kenny the Warlock <laughs> Gorlock. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to Yuck Yucks. Now, did you just, yeah. did you ever have it in your mind that you were doing comedy, or were you just enthralled well, and went to see it? Well, yeah, I mean, I thought about it peripherally. I didn't think about it seriously. It wasn't a serious ambition. I mean, I didn't have a lot of serious ambition at that time, but I, I thought it was something I might like to try. I tried acting in college. I tried, and in, and in my hometown, I tried... I picked up the guitar and I played some guitar in bars and in, in folk bars and stuff in college. I tried various things, and I I never found one to be completely satisfying. And then I I went to this show and it was just an amazing show. Do you remember I, any of the comics? Oh, you bet. Who were Was it was it like a? Because it's so funny now, like in LA, it's, the comedy's so different. But like, was it a traditional comedy show where it was the MC, the feature, and a headliner? Or no, was it, no, okay. it was the MC who was not a comedian per se. He was a writer named Martin Waxman, still in Toronto. And it was four or five guys doing 10 minutes, short sets, and then a headliner. Who was that? Do you remember the headliner? Yeah, Lawrence Morgenstern. He was he was my age, and he was headlining a big guy. He ended up writing for a lot. He wrote for the Mike Bullard show. He wrote for, I think he wrote for This Hour is 22 Minutes. I don't know what he's doing Right, I know he's back doing stand up again. I think. And do a lot of those guys stay in Toronto, or do they oh, venture yeah. here and go back? I mean, uh, is the it- majority of them are still in Toronto. Uh, one's out here in L.A. Uh, Ralph Ben Murky was on that night, who became a um, a Canadian uh, talk show guy on CBC for a while, and now then made independent films, and now uh, advises politicians on. <laughs> now is a is a political advisor. Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Lou Dinos, who uh, who now uh, is out here and works for Kaiser, actually married an American girl. Uh, Larry Horowitz, who's still in Toronto and teaches the comedy course at Humber College. The only one of them who's still doing stand up. I think Lou still does a little stand up, but uh, really Lawrence would be the only one. And uh, Lawrence bombed that night. He w- uh, it was a it was I don't know if it was an odd crowd. I wasn't aware of of the vagaries of crowds at the time but um he came up and he, he couldn't get a role going early on and um uh, are we uh, are we uh, uh, uh proscribed in our language on this show just no f-bombs sure oh well uh, well all right anyway i mean you can you can, you can say f i mean i just i mean i just you know like because yeah, yeah i get a young oh. listener right so anyway he's doing a bit uh, about star trek lawrence was a, a tv Addict. He got a. He had a, a standing bet that you could name any television show, literally, and this is 1980, 
literally any show and he could sing you the theme song wow it, it wouldn't matter if the show had been on six weeks he knew the theme song and I, I, I thought I had him once, but I didn't. Remember the Smith family? Henry Fonda? Starred no. in a television show in the late 60s, early 70s. It was on one season. Okay. And he knew the theme song. Anyway, uh, Lawrence was doing a bit on Star Trek, and it was he wanted Spock to get angry at McCoy just once. And Spock reaches, Spock finally gets too mad, and he opens his coat, and he says... Uh, you know, he essentially says, blow me to Dr. McCoy, although Lawrence's language is more colorful. And it gets an enormous laugh. And he gets angry. And he says, oh, I see. You don't like the well-written material. You like the stuff about people getting blown. Blah, 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 right? And, of course, that was the end. Uh, and he had 35 minutes to go. Wow. <laughs> that's like a nightmare that's like when your leg freezes up your, your knee starts shaking you go what but am I going to do they had to they had to coax him off they, they didn't turn the lights out on him but they they had to say come on Lawrence get off you're not going to get the laugh you're looking for after about 45 minutes he finally got off and he can't when we uh, the Yuck X was in a, a sort of a just below the street on a on a three story strip mall and he came out the side door when the audience was filing out, and he yelled at the audience, What is the matter with you people? Don't you realize how funny I am? Blah, blah. It was amazing. It was the first comedy show I ever saw. Wow. So, yeah. then, 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 so where do you go from there to get into comedy? Well, I, uh, I, went again on the, I went again a couple of nights later or a week later and saw a Saturday night show, saw the, 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 uh, the owner, MC, Mark Breslin, saw some other people perform, and then I... Uh, uh, then I talked to the sound guy who ran the club and uh, said, I want to I want to sign up for Amateur Night. And I did Amateur Night on June the 30th, uh, 1980. Now, did you have an act written out or did you know? Yes. I mean, but had you been preparing it in the back of your mind yes. like when you saw? Because a lot of times people will do that. It's all in their head, but it's not written down. Because when, right. when it's actually written down, then you have to sit there and go, oh, well, you know what? This is, I really have to do this. And you can't be a pussy and run away from it. Right, right. So, but did you say so you had all in your, so you knew what you were going to do. Uh, and you well, have a writing background. I practiced it. I, I wrote eight minutes. I practiced it. Uh, I went and uh, uh, I went up and did it. I, did, I went on fifteenth out of eighteen. Uh, guy, the guy who introduced me, Simon Rakoff, is uh, inter, uh, open for me at uh, Comedy Bar in Toronto last Christmas. It was our uh, our thirty second. See, that's cool. Thirty sec, thirty two and a half years since he introduced me that first night. But I went on fifteenth. It was a bad amateur night. Um. And I murdered. I just just killed it, hit it right, murdered it, real dirty. Uh, did some guitar. Uh, then I they were so impressed. They said you got to come back next week, and the boss will see you. Normally you can only do two two Mondays a month because they had so many people. And I came back the next Monday when with the Breslin watching, and I did the exact same eight minutes and got. No laughs, not one. It's so funny. I've talked about the comics about that, and it happened to me too. It seems like everyone does good on their first first time, like but the second time you just go, you just. Well, and I think as you get too cocky, you're like, oh, no, like a lot I, of people. I, think. I don't think that's what it is. I think you don't know. You go up with a lot of hope the first time, but with no knowledge. You don't know why you were funny the second time. I have no idea what made me funny the first night. No idea. So the odds of doing well the second night are a million to one because you don't know. Right. 
So I didn't know. And but you know what? The bomb, the second one, hooked me for life. Now, what did the owner give you feedback on that? Or oh God, he said, yeah, he said you're not ready. That wasn't exactly feedback. He said, I'm sorry, you're not ready. Clearly, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're not ready to go on to get on regular. They called it regular nights, and then once you got on regular nights, they called it the next step was weekends, and then you could headline, and they and they headlined everybody before they were ready, which was uh, very nice of them actually. Wasn't Canada though? Isn't it where the MC? Ever gets paid more than the feature? Yep, that was their uh, that was their uh, innovation, and I believe it still is a smart thing. I think it's a great idea. Uh, but because they felt the, the 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 MC controlled the show and made the show what it was, I was an MC for many years, and it also enables you to work a club lots instead of twice a year. You can work it five, six, seven times a year because you're MCing. You're talking to the crowd. You're screwing around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, we that was uh, our thing in in the states. They, the MC was paid unbelievably low money, and he was usually really bad. Well, that's like what happened to me when I started out. It was I mean back then though we got paid okay for an MC, but we were newer. But then they knew, but they made you do your time. You had to do fifteen and five in between, and and it was it was good. It was for a younger comic, but they right. knew. But a lot of MCs when the really like the D rooms, you know, like the guys with higher MCs that had right. been doing comedy for. Oh, six months and right, it's like you exactly. can't the people don't understand is MC that's the whole pulse of your show exactly and then people sit there you got a guy who sucks and people aren't going to be in the mood and I always hate when MCs go okay our first comedian no you're a comedian okay don't say our first comedian you're an actual comic you can say our next comedian our feature act our opening right. act whatever yeah it, it, it's MCing you uh, you have to understand the pulse of your audience in the sense that sometimes it's good to go up and do three to five minutes between an act, between one act and another. Sometimes it's not. Right. Sometimes they're so hot and ready for another act, you should do one joke and get the guy right up there. True, true. So you're working in Canada. You're, you're, you're getting now, you start headlining soon, or how long does it take you to start headlining? <laughs> um, three years. Was it three years to headline? It was 18 months to get off amateur night. 18 months. And then uh, got... Then you know what it was. I started hosting. I uh, I did a bad I did a bad thing that turned out to be, you know, the wrong move at the right time. I I was hanging out smoking pot with a, a four guys, three or four, three four guys who were the regular MCs. There were four MCs who did all the shows at Yuck Yucks by 1983, 82, 83, and I was hanging out with them in the afternoon smoking pot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they, I had just, I had finished a job, been fired from, I was fired from all my jobs, but I had finished a job and I was on unemployment. And so they decided that 25 a show was not enough for the work they did. And they were absolutely right uh, to host the local, to host the, the main club in Toronto. And uh, they, they decided to strike. All four MCs refused to work. And the problem was they did it. They planned it with me in the room. <laughs> and so when they did strike, I went to the boss and said, well, I can MC. And I became an MC. And that that was the, the last, um, that got me going because I got, I got to work a lot more. And you, I said on Facebook the other day, there's nothing I could teach you about comedy that you couldn't learn yourself after doing four or 5,000 shows. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th that was, th I got to work a lot more. I got to uh, fool around with the audience. I, I, I got to 
get a feel for what I was doing uh, more than I had already. And I was getting better by 82, 83, like that. But uh, emceeing really helped me a lot. Uh, so that, and 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 uh, they I uh, I'm still friends with the four guys. Lawrence was one of them. Simon was one of them. Um, but uh, but they weren't too happy with me at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But twenty five bucks. I mean, hell, we even got paid more than that. We got paid fifty or seventy five yeah, to MC. Yeah, twenty five is yeah. like nothing. Yeah, this yeah. That's like loonies and doonies. Oh, I know. I know. It was less. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> like, Wait a second. Terrible money. Um, so you're you're kicking around Canada. You're starting to headline. Now, at what point did you decide to come to L.A.? Because you said you've been to L.A. for well, a long time. Well, I, it, I went, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I headlined Canada, and, and, and I, I grew up in a border town. So I started to work some Michigan. I worked for John Yoder. It's, uh, okay, you're near Detroit? Yeah. Do you, do you watch Low Winter Sun? Yeah, I, I just watched I didn't. It. I didn't see the finale. I, I like saw it. The finale. I like it too. It's I don't gritty. Know, it's I don't gritty. know where they're gonna take it. I have to see the finale. But yeah, that's yeah. Like, I said they're going because yeah, two-hour finale. I know. I have a DVR. Uh, me, I did too. But all because what happens is when you don't DVR right, you always get missed like that last minute. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. like you have to sit there. Okay, <laughs> for some reason, they're saying TV now ends at we two oh one. We we do it as two minutes before two minutes. That's what now. I do because it's pissed you off, and then you never get to see the previews for the next week. Yeah, that's right. And so, and then on demand for charter cable sucks because like I'm I missed the last episode of the bridge i'm waiting for that to come on demand you know it's going to be on on netflix by the time that comes out <laughs> my girlfriend saw it she i fell asleep during it when i was back east she goes should i save it and i said no nah, i'll watch it when i get home and that's still not on demand did was, did, uh, did you like ray donovan i thought it was excellent i did too and the funny thing it's just a funny story that you bring that up i was at this bar down here volcano that i go to and i'm talking to my buddy and we're going I'm going, I think that's Stephen Bauer. I love Stephen Bauer. Well, I was so happy to see him. Yeah, but he's sitting there and he looked completely different. Like he had these glasses on and he had his, like his shirt tucked in. He, I was thinking, that's no, uh, what's his name? What was his name in Scarface? Uh, Manolo. I said, that's no Manolo. No, but, yeah. So I go up and we start talking. I get a picture. And then I'm sitting there. He sits down with his girlfriend. And I go, I know the waiter. You know what? Screw it. Send him a drink. And here, put this napkin. <laughs> I said, I would love you to have you on Cooper Talk. So he comes to the bar. We have a drink. And he gives me this PR person. I call her. She never, you know didn't really get back to me but whatever but he was telling me when that show was filming and he i didn't i didn't think it was gonna be so good he's like yeah i'm doing the show and it sounded like it was only like like the, a pilot you know yeah. it's like i'm out here doing the show it's john Voigt and and uh leave schreiber and then i saw it and just i think i think it's excellent. my daughter auditioned for his daughter ray donovan's daughter oh really she couldn't cry though she, couldn't cry? she, she came back from the audition and she said no i don't think they're gonna pick me I, they wanted me to cry, and I wasn't able to cry. It's a good show. It's a great show. John Voight is so perfect in that oh. role. And I saw a guy in the oh. Philly airport who looked just like the character. The guy's sitting there, and he's got, like, the black shirt. He's got the John Voight hair, and he's got, like, the cheesy chain. And I, t- <laughs> I slowly... And if you ever tried to take pictures of people without them noticing, I sit there, and it's like... Uh, with a cell phone and you snap it real quick and then I text it to my girl and she's like oh my god you're right but if you get caught you look like a jerk was it John Void? no oh. it wasn't. This, guy, this guy was just you could tell it wasn't John Void. he was okay. a typical Philly Goomba you know years ago I hadn't seen John Void in a movie for a long time and then my wife and I go out one night and we see Heat which I loved and John Void's in it and he's great in it and afterwards I, I we're going home and I go man John Void looked awful I mean, he just looked so debauched and, and, and slimy in that movie. And then I saw him interviewed a couple of weeks later, and he looked great. And I thought, oh, right, acting. 
Yeah, that's acting the slimy guy. Dude, I mean, he's so perfect. It's just, he repulses you. It's like, it's the difference is like, I've talked about this with the other guests and friends before. Like, AMC gets a show, and let's face it, Walter White and, uh, and Don Draper are both dicks. Okay, I mean, if you. My wife got addicted to Mad Men. She watched the it's whole a good thing show. this summer. But if, if you break it down, like Don Draper is an identity thief, booze hound, who cheats on his wife. But you like him. But then you watch Ray Donovan and you go, and Ray Donovan's not the nicest guy, but you like Ray. Yeah, and well, he's, he's like, got a moral code. Yeah, John Voight, you go, oh my God, just what a dumbass. Oh, man. And that scene when. Uh, when James Woods takes him and has him dig this dig his own grave, and you go, "How the hell is he going to get out right, of this? Right. How's he going to get out of this? I like, They're not going to kill John Voight." I like when the girl, <laughs> Rosanna Arquette, says, "You have to put a gun to my head," oh, and he pulls oh, out a gun. Man. It's like, and he's like, "What? What did I do wrong?" It's yeah, like, well, dude, okay, you know, you know, that's she's joking. You don't really pull a gun to have a girl blow you. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, really? Nah, well, yeah. Oh. Oh dear! So, you mean so my whole my whole paradigm there is off? <laughs> oh dear! So okay, so you're back. You're, you're playing in Michigan. You're John Yoder. I'm not, did I you did, ever work for Keith Gisser? Yes, okay. I, I, I'm free Facebook friends with Keith. Is he so. still in the business? No. Or Sharon Rerick? Did you ever work for Sharon Rerick? No, but you know what's interesting? Uh, I worked a club in Fort Wayne, Indiana, back then, called Snickers. I've heard of it with a Z on the end, and. The girl who booked it, and this would have been 84, 85, like that. And I I was talking on Facebook to the guy who's running it now. And he said, we'd love to have you because I'm, you know, I'm I'm a little hotter than I used to be suddenly. And I said, great, uh, let's try and find a date. And he said, I'll call Elaine Steffick. I remember that name. And, and, And I said, and she's the one who booked it 30 years ago. Wow. And you go, really? Really? The yeah. same person books your club? That's amazing. And the weird thing is, really? Like, you're going to get a recommendation of me because she saw me 20 years ago? Oh, she. <laughs> but but I, knew, I knew Elaine pretty well for a while when I was in Toronto. So I was working and in Toronto. I was working. And then the, the business in Canada began to grow when they had, they had uh, Winnipeg and they had Edmonton and Calgary. And then they had Vancouver. Uh, and then there was Halifax. They started to get clubs all over. There were clubs around Toronto, London, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and I was working in Michigan and Indiana and, and Ohio and Illinois and other places as well. So one year I worked 45 weeks out of town, something like that, or, or weekends. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, how am I going to make more money? I can't work any more than I'm already working. Right. Because uh, I work two or three weeks in town as well. Um, and I met this girl uh, at the club in Edmonton who was middling for me. And uh, she lived in L.A. She was a comic. I liked her. She liked me. We ended up hooking up. And uh, Although that took a while. I couldn't do it. She wouldn't do it on the road trip. But um, <laughs> I came out. Uh, married her, uh, got a visa, then married her and got a green card. Does she still do comedy? No, she's a teacher now. What was her name? Dawn Green. 
I don't know. Because a lot of times you hear comics' names, you go, oh, okay. That's- she was uh, contemporary of the, she was in the Portland, Seattle crowd. Contemporary of Jeff Stilson, Rod Long. Jeff Stilson, I heard, is like an Australian now or something like he that? He married an Australian woman. He had that great joke. Uh, he said, I tried to become a citizen of Australia, but I failed their citizenship test. Apparently, I didn't know who directed Crocodile Dundee 2. <laughs> love, love Jeff Stilson. He also had that joke, uh, do you think the Three Stooges ever turned down a script? That's funny. I think they ever looked at one and went, this is a little too goofy even for us. So, see, yeah, so she was in that crowd. Um, uh, did, did you ever see the Montana run? I've heard of the Tribble. Yeah, well, no, it's a movie oh, no. about a Tribble. No, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Look it up under the Montana run. And it, the, the, the guy... The, the, the headliner is based on a guy named Dave Anderson who's doing radio in Portland now. And uh, all I know all those Portland and a lot of the Seattle. You know, Steve Smith, who works ships okay. now, he's one of that group. But uh, so she came out of that group. She was in L.A. Uh, we had two children. She gave up comedy for the most part. And then when the kids were about, my older one was about 10, she went back to... Uh, University and got a teaching degree, okay. and now she's teaching school in Pacoima. Now, so you you moved to LA. Now, yep. do you do you have any traction because you know you're a headliner? Are you getting spots because of that? I did. I well, I didn't have traction because I was a headliner. I had a guy at a very powerful management company. Uh, they managed Albert Brooks. Uh, they they still might, for all I know. Uh, so, I guess so that he was a his name was Herb Nanus. I think he's dead now, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, Herb brought me down to the improv, and the first night, Bud Bud saw me, and Jim McCauley from The Tonight Show saw me. And Bud made me a regular, and Jim McCauley said, you're going to do The Tonight Show. Now, was that Carson or Leno? Carson. Okay. This was 88. And so you've been in the business for how long? Eight years, but you'd only be, you've been new out here. I was just out here. Yeah. So how that? I mean, that must have been amazing because it's the tonight. And back then, the Tonight Show was huge. Yeah. Well, uh, it was amazing, but the problem was, from the time he told me to the time I did it was uh, two years and four months. Really? Yeah. Was it just because they didn't have a spot? No, or no, no, no. Uh, the The original bit I did. Now I came off. I came off. I came to L.A. I'd been on the road solid four and a half years, literally doing 300 shows a year, working at least 40 weeks, working every weekend. I, was, I, I, had, a, I had a hot act. I knew what I was doing. And I had this great set, but it was a little too sexy for Johnny, the guy decided. So he, he was having me pare it down. So I'm paring the set down. And, and I'm essentially, my, my act at that time was like a, a house of cards in the sense that if you take one thing out, lots of other things fall. Okay. So, um, plus, I'm in L.A. where I'm, I'm, I'm going from two hours on stage a week or more to a half hour a week or less. And over the summer, it just wasn't working. So, in the fall... After about six months of Macaulay seeing me off and on, he said, just write a new set. Just write me a Tonight Show set. You know what I want. 
So that took me a year. And then it took almost another year for to get on the show. Now, what was that like going on the show? Because everyone says it's just... I mean, because back then, there's there's no really other... That, that was huge when you got on the Tonight yeah, Show. I mean, yeah. was it was it nerve wracking when you got oh, into the yeah. studio, or did you well, know your stuff worked because you've been doing it long and you've been working so much that it would go the smoothly? Weird, the weird part about that set was it it rarely it, it never worked two nights in a row. That was so, and after the Tonight Show, it never didn't work. As a matter of fact, I still do. Uh, I still do the first four jokes from that set. Okay, in my act. But uh, it never, uh, it, it, I, he would see me and it would work and he would want, want to see me again four or five days later to see if it would work again. And it wouldn't. And it would, that went on for months. And then I went, so I had a set that I was, I wasn't totally sure of. And you go out and I'm dressed and I'm backstage and it was Jay. Jay was guest hosting. I did it with Johnny the second time. So uh, I'm, I'm. I'm back with uh, backstage, and and the guy who hold. Remember, the curtain would be held open, but you wouldn't see the guy. That was Macaulay. Uh, so he's getting. He's got his hand on the curtain. He's getting ready. The introduction has just begun, and he turns to me and he says, "Don't forget your jokes." <laughs> what a prick! It's like what the hell? It's like it's like the worst. It's like uh, you're nervous, anyways. I go oh, okay. And I I have always done this. I'm going to do it today. I got a set tonight at the Ruby Theater. Where's that? With John Fuglesang. And it's on Santa Monica Boulevard in a place called The Complex. Okay. Comedy Nation with John Fuglesang. I'm doing a set for them. And I type the set out, and I put it, and I, I print it, and I, and I look at it all day. And that's what I had. I, and it was in my pocket. And I, when I come on stage in the first semester, you can see me putting it back in my pocket. Oh, that's cool. Because I had pulled it out when he said, don't forget your jokes. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> so I had had some wonderful advice from... Mark Breslin, who had done, uh, who had booked a lot of comedians on talk shows in, in Canada and the U.S. by then, and he said to me, the the key to doing a good television set is walk slowly, do not rush out to the mark, take it take it slow, and I I use that to this day, and uh, I walked out and and I then I went into a of autopilot zombie like state I, I didn't remember afterward how it went okay but it went very well now did that raise your stock in the town after you did the tonight show to a degree but i was i was very uh the manager kept wanting me to stay in town for pilot season and it, that meant i couldn't work and i was you know uh, i i liked working and i was always a comic before i was an actor and I tried to do some acting stuff. And I just wasn't good enough at it. I'm good enough to play myself on the radio. Okay. I had a radio sitcom in Canada that okay. did very well. But uh, but I wasn't... I'm just not uh, up to this point. I haven't found any acting. Well, back then also, did you, were you on all like the Evening at the Improv, Comedy on the Road? Because yep. that was like... If improv would... Tonight, Evening at the Improv... Uh, the one at the Laugh Factory, whatever it was called, comic I, uh, comic strip comic strip live. I think I still have their jacket with Wayne Cotter. Uh, VH1. I did the VH1 show, the one that Rosie O'Donnell okay. hosted. Stand up spotlight. Stand up spotlight. I did them. I did them all. It's so funny because you know a really good friend of mine is a guy named Jeff Martyr. Yeah. Who Jeff's out of business now, but he's been he's mentors me. I mean, he's he's been a good friend. And yeah, we just, I was looking. He had put up stuff on uh, 
YouTube and it's like God I'm like dude you run everything and like the one night like the from the Vic Theater and then I one time I mean, one time I was I used to write for a website and I used to write jokes but he was on the web work for the website and I went out drinking with my friends after and I come home it's like two in the morning I got a buzz you know after I saw Jeff in the office all day I put on like HBO Comedy Channel and I'm falling asleep and then all of a sudden I can just hear his voice he's doing his, his one night stand I'm like I can't get away from this <laughs> it's like can I get away from him I never did I never did HBO I, I pitched to them many years ago the first annual old comedian special that's a great idea I still think it's a good idea because I wanted to do I wanted to host it that's, that's a great interview idea the guys but now I'm one of them so I, it that's funny I know because I always thought of doing it well there, there was uh, there's a coffee shop in North Hollywood owned by Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High yeah and they did uh, a show the veterans of comedy and it was like Tony Edwards hosted it but it was Rich Scheidner it was Wendy Liebman it was Kathy Ladman it was just this great and it's like it's a great show you know, yeah. Overton did it. All these people yeah, said. Yeah. So, okay, well, I want to get so stray off something for a second. You've written eight books, as you said. Yes. When did you start writing books, and were you always into writing? Because your books are poetry. Except the one thing is, what you, you never did ventriloquism, did you? No. Okay, guys, because we were it's, sued for that title, so that there's it's it's been published again. Oh, really? Under the title, uh, when you see the red light, get off. Oh man, the, the, the dummy people yeah, suit dummies you? people suit What suits. a bunch of jerks. Um, we, uh, for the audience, we called the book Ventriloquism for Dummies. Uh, but you have all these poem books. Now, now, did you always write poetry? Yes, since high school. Okay, and was it, was it, is it romantic poetry? Is it dark poetry? Is it funny poetry? Or is there, it's all different things? It's all different, I guess. It's all about me. But, uh, but it's, I'm, I'm editing a book with this class right now, and uh, I had it, broken into sections and they decided they didn't like the sections so they're putting it into redemption one one section one group was a poems of redemption poems of love and i forget what the third one poem uh, poems of my of my profession because i do a lot of com- poems about being a comic now how does it happen that uh, a class edits your book I mean, is there oh, a process or how does yeah, it yeah. I, uh, I have a friend at the University of Windsor who I've known for 30 odd years who uh, who is the professional writer in residence there and he has an editing practicum class and what they do is every year uh, he uh, solicits two manuscripts and the class splits into two and half the class edits one manuscript with that writer and the other half edits the other manuscript and he, I had him this year. I happened to have a manuscript ready to go, and he gave me a deadline. And I'm very good with the deadline. I've, I've always, I like deadlines, and um, uh, so I handed, a, I handed in the book on August 15th, and they're editing it, and we're, we're doing it now. Matter now, fact, are you I confident don't. with the editing? Because it's like, I mean, who it just used you? Because they're still well, students. That's I'm the thing. very pleased. Okay. So far, I, I, I have regular editors. I recently uh, acquired. Uh, a new one uh, about three years ago because I noticed that the two I had were over 65. One of them is actually 80, 85 years old right now. But I have people who edit my books. In other words, I send them, I send them, uh, uh, I send them a manuscript and they send it back with notes. And so I usually do it a three-part process. I send it to this one guy, I get his notes, I rewrite it, I send it to the next guy, I get his notes, and they write it, and I send it to my younger editor who's in her 40s and she does the final edit so i had two of them edit this before i handed it in and uh but i'm very but i the younger perspective is important 
and I, I've, I've Skyped with the kids, and we've talked about certain poems. And sure, there's going to be stuff like there was one I really liked that nobody liked, which That's, I, I was very. But 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 if that happens with jokes too, but there's if jokes nobody, I like. But if nobody liked it, then then I can't. I can't make an argument that it should stay in the book. That's true. That's true. It's you like, okay, I mean? uh, well, if, five people. No, 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 not five people. Nobody. If, like, like I, had a, I used to have a joke. Uh, I dated a, a dominatrix for a while, but it never really worked out. My safe word was ouch, and it never worked. I thought it was very funny, so uh, I, 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 I tried it various different ways. Don't you hate work. that? I, I do a joke. I say, you know, if, Russell, if, if Cheryl Crow married Russell Crow, would she keep her name or add the E? I think <laughs> never works. Never works. It never works. I well, sit there I'm and I'm a, like, I go. I'm, I'm a like, spelling guy. I think that's really. But I'm, funny. I'm sitting there going, what? I'm like, what the hell? That's but that's it's, it irritates you with them, and especially with a joke, something about a poem. I mean, jeez. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're very similar. Jokes and poems are very similar. You're trying to get your point across in colorful, uh, rhythmic language very fast. Now, how many poems are in a book? Like in your books, is there a, a certain amount you usually put? Uh, yeah. Uh, once you've got. Fifty that you like, you're you're closing in on book length. The, okay. This book is going to be seventy pages. Okay, they're thin books. Uh, I think I think the manuscript I handed in was eighty eight pages okay. or eighty five pages. And they said you're going to be doing a book reading up there. Yeah, I'm doing a reading and a comedy show for them on October the twenty third. Now, is that is that one of the first book readings I've done, or have you done a lot of book readings before? I ha- I wouldn't say I've done a lot, but. Uh, uh, it's a luxury, you know, because you get paid. The money is ridiculous. They pay you to come in and read the book, and then you well, sell no, your no, book. You don't right? read the book. No, I know, you read some you might, you might sell I, I, I won't be selling it. I might sell some of my other books. But uh, what they pay what is called an honorarium, which means uh, they, might, they might pay your travel and they might pay your expenses. That's what. So occasionally, once every two or three years I'll get invited to do a literary festival or whatever I'm hoping it'll happen a little more often I was invited to do one last year and they were going to pay me very very good money and then the whole thing got cancelled so uh, but I, I do it occasionally not often do you like doing the readings? love it I mean love. so the most fun is I'll read I'll do some comedy I'll do about an hour an hour and twenty and then I'll do questions for another hour and it, it, I'm tired at the end but oh my god it's fun it's so much fun do you get good feedback I mean are people are the questions good are they, cha- are they challenging or are some of them just dicks like like, what's the biggest dick question has everyone been a dick to you and asked you like just, <laughs> like, oh yeah I thought the poem sucked Those, anything has ever seen like no, that no 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 I've never had that they're very respectful okay. and, and I've been on television Right, Steve. <laughs> so, and now you know the thing about America's got. I, I want to bring it up in a second. Thing, but the thing about that that it that did not occur to me, never, never crossed my mind. I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of a celebrity in Canada. You know, well, I know you because I see all the stuff like the Halifax Festival and all yeah. this different stuff. You and you write. I'm on television there. there a lot. Is it just for the comedy shows or or just do yeah? You, do you ever I, do commercials up there? No, no, no. Let's not get started. Oh, chicken wing, John thousands, Wayne. thousands of auditions. One Never quick question: been in a commercial, is your middle name Yat? Yat Wing. Yes. What? It says sometimes. It says on IMDb you're sometimes referenced as. I want to ask this: John Yat Wing. Yes. Not me. That must be a, a Chinese actor. Personal alternate names, John w- Yatwing. It says it on your IMDb page. That's oh, why I just, okay. No. You got to tell them to correct that. Say you're John not. John M. Wing. Okay, no, it's, it's not. John, yeah. 
John Yatwing. <laughs> I was like, I gotta, that makes no sense. I don't check out my my IMDb page is so small. I don't check it out a lot. So, <laughs> so you're you're known. So you're saying you're you're known in Canada. Yeah, but but and I wasn't. I'm not terribly well known in the states. And I knew that if I was on America's Got Talent three or four times, it would exponentially increase my being well known in the states. So that was a good thing. But then I started getting all these requests for interviews in Canada and all these, I mean, uh, I'd be on the show and when the show would air, I'd get back to the hotel room that night and there'd be 200 messages, 200. And all. And so what I didn't realize was it would raise my level in Canada to a place I'd never been. Okay. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm going back in, what's the day, in 10 days. I'm flying back and I'm doing a show in Edmonton in 11 days from now. Or, or no, 10 days from now. I'm doing a show in Edmonton, the big show at their festival. And that will, I'll, I'll, I'll hear it then. Because I can, one of the weird things about being slightly well-known is certain times you can, you're introduced at a, at a theater show and when, when they hear your name, you can hear in the applause, uh, it's John. Oh, we're going to have fun now. It's okay. John. You know what I mean? And I've heard that a few times. Not often, but I've heard it. So uh, this is a new thing. This America's Got Talent. So how did it all come about? Because, I mean, you don't see a lot of comics in there. I guess a comic won this year? No, a comic was second. Oh, t- okay. Second year in a row. But, and who was second last year? Tom Cotter. Okay. Now, but it's okay. So you're, America's Got Talent's coming out. And now, does your management or agent say we want to? Okay, okay. It's a, it's a process that comedians understand. I don't know if people, regular people, do, but anyway, here's the process. Uh, two years ago, November, I called up a guy in Montreal and booked a weekend in February to play the Comedy Nest in Montreal. So I go and I do that weekend, and one night, the second night. Uh, there's a lady there, and I know her. She's from the Montreal Comedy Festival, but I don't think she's the booker, because I, I think this other guy is the booker. And you've done that before, right? I've done that a few times. Okay. But she, I, I figure she's just come down to see me, and she's being nice, and how nice, and we have a chat, and I do a great show. Lucky me. But it turns out she is the booker, and she books me for that comedy festival a year ago, July. And I'm doing a special show uh, about the U.S. election, and they need a Canadian on the show because it's mostly American, so they get me. And uh, I do very well on the show. And a producer, a Canadian guy who's a producer on America's Got Talent, sees me live that night and suggests me to the exec producer as a, as a possible for America's Got Talent. They call my agent uh, a, a year ago now. And he calls me and says, you want to try out for America's Got Talent? It's 90 seconds. I don't know anyone who can be funnier in 90 seconds than you. And and you, it's not, you know, I'm not working that week. You can't turn it down. Right. You can't be, no, I'm not going to do that. You got to, it's an opportunity. Whether it goes somewhere or it doesn't, you got to try it. So I do. And I do a bunch of auditions in L.A. for producers and other people. And then I find out in February that I'm, going to do the main L.A. audition show at the Pantages. You know, I was walking to the Pantages the first day um, of that uh, in uh, March, and I parked around the corner, up the, up and around the corner, and I'm 
walking down and there's some stars, Hollywood Walk of Fame stars, as you come down. And I stopped at uh, Park Carcass, who was Albert Brooks's father. Okay. Who's Harry Einstein, who uh, killed uh, at a Friars Club roast, just murdered. And a whole bunch of Steve Allen and other guys were going, how come this guy isn't on television? He sat down and died of a heart attack after the set. Really? Yeah. That's, that's so and, funny. That, and, that, and Albert Brooks is his son, and, and so is... Super Dave. Super Dave. Well, so funny. I stood there on his star, and I went, all right, Harry, get some for me today. You got, you got to be watching over me today. And you're lucky you didn't get accosted, because that area is not that nice. <laughs> no, because like, me and my girlfriend would go to a play there, and we would, yeah. take, we would take to Hollywood and Highland, then we'd walk and get to the restaurant, yeah. and then walk there. And I remember we walked by, there's a strip club, and one of the strippers goes to my girlfriend, that's a nice dress. And I'm like, well, see, honey, you can get a job when you move on. I'll so take you. <laughs> well, no, uh, not, uh, but I, I went and I did that audition. Now, how much time did you do on, on that audition? 90 seconds? 90 seconds. Now, you did a few auditions. Was it a different 90 seconds or yeah, same each time? Uh, the, the initial one of, at the Pantages, they never aired it. So I, I redid that 90 seconds on one of the quarterfinal shows. So now they you do the audition. Now, how long did they tell you you're going to be on the show? Because I know they had like Perry Kurtz doing a they told me thing. That day, they told me that day the, 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 at, after I finished, Howard Stern and Heidi Klum, they said, you're going to go to Vegas. Okay. Uh, but that didn't, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean you're going. <laughs> they tell a lot of people, not everybody goes. <laughs> so I went, but I did go to Vegas for a week in June. Uh, and that's like the convention probably, they pay your flight and all that? or No, I drove. Okay. No, they, uh, it's like a boot camp. They put you up at Circus Circus. <laughs> uh, not exactly, but close. Uh, what was the place we... I forget. It was next to Paris and Planet Hollywood. Uh, I can't remember. I, don't know. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, um, uh, it was like boot camp, hanging out with the other comedians and the other acts, and, and you're just sitting there all day doing absolutely nothing, waiting, being filmed, etc., etc., etc. And uh, got through that. Um, was one, uh, some people they sent directly to New York some people they sent home and then they kept about 60 or 50 or 60 of us to do, a, do another audition in Planet Hollywood Theater uh, with only the four judges watching okay. so it's a, it's a huge theater and there's only four people and they, they, it's sort of a trial by fire they want to see what you can do and I think my experience really helped me there because yeah, you, you're used to playing all different sized crowds sure, and, and you know and your stuff works well, it, it, the qu thing is, you have to you have to imagine the laugh so that your timing stays precise. Uh, one of the guys uh, rushed, got nervous. Uh, well, you know, you're not going to do well. You're not going to kill. Right. Just do your set the best you can do it with your best timing, and then you'll be fine. And he he didn't. The last thing his producer told him before he went out was, "Don't rush," and that's exactly what he did. So then I, I, I got to New York, and the, but it, you know, the, the maddening thing was I, I never knew when I was going to be on the air before New York. So uh, my family had to watch America's Got Talent over and over <laughs> and over again when I was never on. So, but then, 
then I, I got on, and, and it's helped a lot. And so you made it to the semifinals. Yeah, I okay. lost in the semifinals. Was now, fun. were you bummed? Or were you like, hey, I, I, got, I went further than I thought? Or, you know, I, I, you know, it was... I, they, they try to... They, they want you to be... It's reality television, so they want you to be a little... What's the word? Disappointed? No, they, want, they, 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 they don't want you to ever be sure of okay. what's, what's happening to you. They want your mind a little frazzled most of the time. And uh, I was, for a while in Vegas, I was sure they were going to send me home. And I was actually thinking maybe that's not a bad thing. Um, and then I went through. And then the, the, when, I, when I did the quarterfinals, I knew I was going to make the semifinals. Uh, and then there were all these signs the week of the semifinals that I was going to make the finals too. But, uh, but I knew uh, when they called us, the three of us up, and I was called up with Kenichi, who won, I knew there wouldn't be two of us. There was only going to be one of us, and I knew he was going through. So I knew when they called us up with him that I was, that I was not going to be going through. But then they made me stand there while they told the Magic Act, great people, I forget I, I can't remember their names, but the husband and wife magic act, they were going to do Jimmy Fallon. And they announced that backstage before the show that night, that one of the acts tonight is going to be on Jimmy Fallon tomorrow night. And uh, <laughs> so I had to stand there while the host, <laughs> while the host told, told Kenichi he was in, sorry, and then told them they were on Jimmy Fallon and I was just nobody. <laughs> So, <laughs> but now, now okay. Now I, I saw a picture you put on Facebook. Did, did, did you wear do you wear a bow tie when you perform? I do. Now, I have you always wore? Or are you just getting into the bow ties now? No, or? no. Uh, there was a period where I wore them a lot. I like them. I like them too. I've always liked them. Uh, my wife suggested it many, many years ago that I do. Uh, I wear a bow tie, and I did for a long time. And then I stopped for a while. And about two years ago, I got back, and now. All I bring, like I'm going, I'm flying to a ship tomorrow. I'm taking a red eye to Miami tomorrow. Uh, I, I'll be packing eight or eight to ten bow ties for the trip. Now, is it hard to learn to tie them? Well, I learned young. Okay. Like anything, if you learn it young, you have you have a better chance of. Because I wore a bow tie to a wedding, but I actually got the kind that connects. Uh, right, minute, right. It's it's not a clip on. No, but, but, I, but it's I just, look. It's virtually the same. Exactly, but I <laughs> I went with my blazer and I went. To, yeah. I look. No, I look like the Six Flags guy. <laughs> okay, I was sitting here, I had the glasses, and I'm like, but I like the bow tie. Ties to bow ties. They look good. I mean, that's you have to be able tie them right. They look great. Yep. So what, what's your what? Would you have a favorite bow tie? Sure. Which is your favorite? What color is it? It's uh, uh, red with yellow uh, dots. That's cool. my favorite at the moment. So now you're going on a cruise. Now, do you like performing on cruises? Yeah, because I, I know a lot of people say you don't do a lot of work. Some of well, you, do, you do, some of you don't. You do, you do on, you do with Carnival. Okay. Yes, sir. How yes. many shows you do? Well, five nights, uh, six nights, uh, six, five or six nights. So I'll do, um, I'll do two and three. So that's five. I'll do two and three. So that's ten. Uh, pop, probably eleven shows. Wait, you do three shows in a night? Yeah. And now, yeah. how long a set do you do? Uh, thirty each time. Can can it be this? Does it all have to be different material or? No. Uh, well, you you need three shows for Carnival, more or less. Uh, some guys have more. Some guys have less. But you need three solid thirty-minute shows. Okay. And two. One is a family show, and one two are adult shows. That's what I do. I do 
one family show and two and two different adult shows. Do you prefer the adult shows a lot more or uh yeah, because you're freer to say what you want, but the family shows can be lots of fun too. I had I had three kids or four kids in the front row recently, no parents. Anyway. It's weird. And I, I I chatted with those kids for twenty minutes. Kids can be fun. And I love I love little kids who are like advanced. I was at a restaurant, no lie, and I heard this kid ask the bartender. He walked up, and the kid was like, had to be like nine. And he goes, yes, excuse me, but you still have that really good lamb dish. And I was like, you don't hear that from nine-year-old oh, kids. True. And I was like, wow, this kid is cool. The you know, kid, he's dressed all spiffy. <laughs> kid in the show, I, I do a joke. I say, I have a friend who has 11 children, which is true. So I say, I have, I have this friend, he has 11 children. And the kid yells out, does he live in a shoe? Great, great. I, I, I laughed my head off. I thought that was so funny. We have about uh, four minutes left. What? Well, so uh, uh, John JohnWingComedy.com is, is my. Uh, is that your website? website? John Wing Comedy. I couldn't find it. I, I googled. I would have just. just I would have gone on your in website. The last two months. Okay, because I put. I have, I have the Wikipedia here. Yeah. I have the which you know I have the 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 John Yatwing over here on the <laughs> DB. John Yatwing. And I didn't know because when you uh, when you Google it, it doesn't come up. John Wing Comedy. Yet. It, it will. It and will I bet there's that. a lot of people. Want to know about it because and then my and my Facebook fan page is cool too and uh, at John Wing Five on Twitter. Now, do you tweet a lot? A lot. I try to tweet uh, a few times a day. Jokes or just different uh, stuff or uh, joke. Some jokes, some political, some quote. I do. I like quotes. I had a I had a uh, I had a theme called Gay Shakespeare for a while. Is this a dagger which I see before me, or art thou happy to see me? You know, like that. <laughs> I that's good stuff. I I would do. Uh, I used to do super groups that never made it. Oh yeah, there's lots of guys do. And stuff it'd be like, like yeah, it'd yeah. be like, uh, what was it? Uh, I forget. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Some of them you should think yeah. it's fun because then some people start doing it again. Right, it's exactly. Like, you know, it's right. like pet shop boys to men. You know, stuff oh, like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Two groups together. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, but so, uh, I try to do some jokes, but uh, I I've got uh, I've got a. Between twenty six and twenty seven hundred followers. Now, how now can people see your clips anywhere of your act? Oh, sure. Uh, YouTube. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. There, there's clips on the website as well. But just look me up on YouTube. They're all there. But how about your books? Where can you get your books? Amazon and the website. And there's a bunch of them. There's eight. And that's good. Well, there's seven. Uh, the eighth one is coming out. Uh, actually, it won't be out till next. Spring. And the ventriloquist. Now that you change it, stop the related. That's not poems. The that's red. Just, when you see the red light, get off. And what's that? Is that just a, that's ventriloquism for dummies? No, but I'm saying is that just about the road of doing comedy? It's about or? my first ten years. Okay. Yeah. But see, that's cool. Like, people gotta people gotta document that stuff. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it could be called the education of a comedian. That's good. You know, uh, there was a guy Andrew Clark who wrote a book called Stand and Deliver about the Canadian comedy scene and the comics who came out of Canada. And he came to L.A. a couple of times and interviewed a bunch of guys. And when I got the book, I looked in the index and I wasn't in it. And he could have interviewed me. And I was there during the whole period that he... And that that's what pissed me off enough to make me write my own book. Well, that's good. You should have. <laughs> God, you've been around. You've done TV, all that. So anyway, I want to thank you, John. It was a fun time. My pleasure. Thank and, uh, you, Steve. Yeah, check him out, people. Go check his website, John Wing Comedy. Don't go to John Yat. Queen, because you'll, you'll find like some martial arts guy. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, people, for me, send me an email, Cooper at Indy 100. Uh, 
Indy100.com. Send that. Uh, follow me at Twitter, at Cooper Talk. I put some jokes up. I also put what night I'll be on the Big Daddy Graham show. It's usually Thursdays, but I'm back in town for good now because Joanne's moving out. So it's probably going to be every Thursday. I'm going to follow you on Twitter, man. Are you going to follow me on Twitter? At Cooper Talk. At Cooper Talk. I'm going to follow you at John Wing 5. Was another John Wing taken? or No, uh, I guess. That's what they offered me. God, screw you, I'm man. certified. I, oh, see, he's certified. That's, that's what America's Got Talent does. He has a blue check. You know what I have? I have nothing, people. <laughs> I have like, I have like, I have like a an awful. Sentence. I have a blue check on my Twitter account, and I also was born with the bluish Mongolian spot on my back. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> people also uh, go to CooperTalk.net. Uh, go to my fan page, Cooper Talk on. Uh, uh, Facebook is what you do is you can click on a photo of any of my guests that have been on. It'll take you straight to my link to their show. And you can also go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, type in one word. That's one word, Cooper Talk. And next Wednesday, I'll be at Sardo's here in Burbank for Jeff Kazazian's Burnin' Hilarity. Check that out. It's a free show. Remember, uh, don't forget to uh, drink your water. You know, you got to take your uh, vitamins and eat your veggies, and you'll be safe. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only a sip as my guests. You guys have a wonderful weekend.